You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour three of the program brought to you by Sundry Golf Club. Unforgettable countryside golf that's only a short drive from the city. Enjoy 18 holes of tranquil golf nestled in central Alberta. Season memberships are on sale now, as are 12 game packs. Get out of the city and onto the green. Experience Sundry Golf Club, home of the 2022 Alberta Open Championship. It's under a month away, June 21st, 23rd. Sign up, get it done, sundrygolf.com. Hmm. Corey Sargent's studio. Coming up, we'll talk to Tommy Wilden Jr. Well, game day, right? For the, uh, it is game, big yeah. game day. Whitecaps in town. So put your get uh, get your cleats put on. Put your helmet on. Get your something on. Uh, what you do there? Uh, what you want to talk about coming up? And uh, a chance for you to maybe win tickets to game five. Ooh. The daily code word coming up between now and let's say nine o'clock. Uh, Sarge back as he has been after most uh, Flames games this postseason. Oh, at least half, maybe. Uh, yeah, how much? Yeah. So? Whole first round. Mm. Some weekend games there, maybe. Missed a few this Missed series. Missed a few this series. Well, you were very busy. You were you were actually up in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. you were so going to see in person. Yeah. Not yeah. by choice. So invested in the Battle of Alberta, you were up there. Not by choice. Pre-scouting. You'd rather have gone to L.A. too, eh? <laughs> So what uh, what were you doing up there? Uh, volleyball nationals, U fifteen, U seventeen girls. Wow. I like the intensity that the girls bring. I'm seeing it now because my daughter is the youngest of my three, and as she gets older, I'm now starting to see the the tenaciousness that girls will have. Uh, if if my other two lunkheads had the intensity of their sister, lunkheads. <laughs> be impressive there's a little bit of hates to lose in that girl which is uh yeah i can kind of appreciate that as far as the other that around uh, that'd be fun I think, other... I think they are a little predisposed in that in that uh i don't know if it's genetics or if it's something that is learned but i i think it's more they just kind of come out geared the way they are and, yeah Sometimes I wish my son would get. Well, that's why, yeah, because I know with mine, my boys, it was very much a meh kind of a thing one way or the other. Meh vibes, huh? Yeah, a little meh. bit of meh. Yeah, a little bit of that. Uh, last night, Flames, a, a tough one, especially, well, in, in many regards. You go down one nothing, 21 seconds in off of a misplay by your goaltender. You go down 3 nothing in the first. You battle all the way back to tie it at 3, granted with a gift, but it is what it is. And then with 3.27 to go, another puck goes in your net, and then an empty netter, and now you're down three games to one. So Daryl Sutter just quickly talking about what he saw last night. You lose another hockey game, your third in a row, but there were some positives there, and now the challenge that lies ahead. I got no problem with it. I say that always. I mean, that's part of the whole process of our team growing, but we hung around tonight. We're not going to go away easy, and if they thought they were going to beat us easy, that wasn't the case. But the Oilers have to be feeling tremendous right now. How do you not? No, you're feeling pretty good. 
because they have not been without their own hiccups in a way. The start to game one, no, the start to game two. they done 3-0, 2-0, and they allowed a goal from 132 feet away. Like, you, geez. You're told one, someone that ahead of the series, you think you'd be trailing. One win away from getting yourselves to the third round. Like, you're, there's going to be some confidence in that locker room, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier you referenced bad breaks. You, you seem less inclined to talk about it. Now, no, have you, have you sat on a little bit? or? Uh... Well, I mean, you guys, I heard you guys when I was driving in, I heard you guys talking about Markstrom and yeah. goaltending, and it definitely there is room for improvement there. But, I mean, you look at you look at last night, the first goal, like, do you guys, do you guys see it? Do you see the little bounce off the... It's not where it should go. Off the puck board? So like your first he, puck play of the night, you could settle it before you try to one tee it. But so it, to speak. it's it's also it should be on it should be on the front half of his stick. It should be yep. between his toe and his middle, and all of a sudden it takes a little whoops, mm-hmm. and then it's all of a sudden in your net. Right? And we saw one at the other end where Smith was in the wrong side of the net. It bounced to the side of the head. It just wasn't flame there, and that's the other half of a bounce. Is that Mike Smith had no idea where that one went. It got a bad bounce on the end wall. There's just no one there to tap it in. Evander Kane, like, he's not scoring from there with that marshmallow of a wrister that he let go, but it hits Zadorov's stick. It's a bad break. They had two last night. They got one good one at the other end. It it, it felt like, because certainly we saw that in the Dallas series, you were waiting for the Flames to get a break. And I don't know if I necessarily saw that. I just It feels like with the Dallas series, you were doing so much right. Everything was so close. Just they gotta just don't change a thing, and you're going to break through. You're going to get rewarded, and it took till overtime of Game Seven, but they did, and they finally got probably what they deserved to win that series, obviously. But here it feels like it's the opposite. You're you're doing very little in the style or the way that you want to be playing. That if if you subscribe to the you you deserve when you deserve the bounces you get them you get the, i don't know where they're at right now i don't know if they deserve to be rewarded they don't look like they're working particularly hard or they're moving particularly fast their goaltending isn't particularly great they're giving up way too much 5 on 5 they're being outscored in a series where if we could just play some 5 on 5 get away from the oilers power play we will be just fine and they haven't played cohesively either like as a five man unit you, yeah, there's been there's there's been that separation. There's been missed assignments. So yeah, I I your side of the argument has a lot more credit than mine. Or but no, but, but again, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You can you can have some bad bounces and not be sound. Like that's probably describes a lot of the, what we've seen in the series and last night. And the other side would be when you score from the opposite top of the circles. That's a pretty good break. So yes. I I said to Ryan earlier. I don't know if. The pad save by Markstrom, unbelievable power play save in the third period. Does that just cancel off the the misplay in the first? I don't think that's how it. No, because if it happens five times, you get a goals against a five, and that's not that doesn't wash out anything. You it's, just you need more saves, you whether thought, it's fair or not. You thought though a save like that moments later, the goal on Smith. You're like you're you're feeling that things were really turning finally. For the Flames. And and I think, like Robin said, I think they went about their business in a much better fashion last night. Thank goodness they limited the odd man rushes. Those were just hard to watch in the game before. And even mm-hmm. the way that those odd man rushes were played, I know Connor McDavid makes everything so difficult when he's involved in one of them. You know, traditionally as a defenseman, you give the shooter to the goalie. 
and I just found like the Flames defense in that in that game before were doing neither. They weren't they weren't taking away McDavid and just giving him the pass, but they weren't taking away the pass and giving Markstrom McDavid, which I I don't know. It's kind of like a it's a two headed monster. What do you do? But it was just nice to see the Flames get that out of their game last night. So they were a little bit more defensively sound, mm-hmm. and they were a little more joint like and like. Robin pointed it out again. They, they've done such a great job of moving up and down the ice as a five-man unit this year, coming back into mm-hmm. position, breaking out, transition. And when the forwards have back pressure, the D-men can stand up and that results in all those turnovers and results in transition. But as soon as one part or other doesn't do their job well, it gets, it gets disjointed. So I guess if there's a silver lining, it's a little bit of progress in that in that regard. And they haven't played best hockey at all. Like there's so much more to give from this group. Like if you want to be positive, it's like, Hey, your top line can sure be a lot better. Your depth defenseman can sure be a lot better. Your top pair could be a whole lot better. Your third and fourth line could be a whole lot better. Your starting goaltender be a whole lot better. If you're not, if your last name is in Backland, Manage Painter, Coleman, you can be a lot better. That's good news. Now the bad news is you don't have room for error. You got to win three in a row, but it isn't like they've maxed out and well, they're just not good enough to beat this team. It's no, you put yourself in a really miserable spot, but you got more to give. And it's another situation where you find yourself now well into a playoff series and not so much the Dallas series because and it, it did change. But for a while you were looking and saying, where's where outside of Markstrom, where are the performers? Where are the guys coming through? And then Manjapani comes through with a big goal and then it started to to gain some steam. And maybe that happens here. But right now through four games and you you can't take game one and just throw it out. I feel like we discount that. They did win that hockey game. It came, they, much like last night, they had to absorb a come from behind lead sucking performance. It was 6 6, and then they found a way in the third to win that thing. But outside of that game where Kachuk gets three and it's a three helper night for Goudreau, the best player has been Backland. Mm-hmm. And then you start to squint a little bit. Coleman. Same line, right? You're you're now in a spot like you had been in recent years, where the sh- it's a short list of guys who have elevated or at least have lived up to their end of the deal in yeah. the postseason. And if you want to sort of throw a little more context around guys' play, like Michael Stone going from hardly playing over a course of three months to being having to play twenty minutes against, like that's an impressive performance in some regards. But yeah, there's there's a whole lot of guys that aren't meeting expectation. Very few that are. Yeah, and in game two and three, it's like they start out well in game two, but then there's kind of an abandonment to what got you there. And that that carried on through game three, which was really hard to watch. Just I mean, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna be always spot on, but they were they were not good that game. So I guess trending a little bit in the right direction last game, but like you said, it's you I just like you're alluding to, Ryan, you think you'd see more from like up and down the lineup. Yeah, and you may. In, in, in right? a game that was as important as last night. Mm-hmm. Just kind of still a little bit looking for the next guy to do it rather than just getting after it yourself. Well, and, and look, if they finish that one chance, the top line that they had early, okay, that's a better night for them. It's, it's you know, if the rebound bounces yeah. at a different angle and it finds – a flame stick, not an oiler stick, because Smith's sliding into the corner after that first save. Like they just they haven't been undeniable, 
they haven't been getting a ton of bounces, but yeah, you, but you, you, you would hope with your season on the line, you can find more best performances tomorrow night. And it can't just be based off of your offense at this time of year. It can't be For like, sure. oh, if they would have scored while well, we'd be talking. No, it's like if all they're doing is scoring or not scoring, you've already got an issue. And I feel like that, again, in the past has been the knock. And there was a lot done last round to shed that. To shed the the idea that a couple guys in your top line, how are they? What are they going to do? Like we we saw, I saw really good efforts in that round against Dallas. I've just it, it's it's tapered off a little bit throughout the course of this series, and it it needs to be back tomorrow night. Like it has to mm-hmm. throughout the lineup, every single guy, and especially from your top players. Like they have to want it, and you have to see that desire in their play. I think you will, too, to be honest. I think you'll see a much better effort Thursday. Let's assume that between, excuse me, between last night and tomorrow at game time, that Chris Tanev's shoulder isn't miraculously healed. Do you go 11-7 and seven again to get him out there? Or did you see enough from him to suggest that we're, we're better off going with six? It's it's a fine line. I mean, you can say what you want about the power play goal, whether or not a little more strength in his shoulder would have doesn't would hurt have, would have changed that play. Yeah, it, it's he's he's generally like really engaged with guys. I mean, Hyman found a nice quiet little spot there to tap that puck in. That's a question mark. You saw how many times he was wincing going off the ice last night. I saw him a few times on the blue line in the offensive zone, maybe pass up on a shot attempt or looking to make a pass to someone else because mm-hmm. it's a it's a fine line but yeah. he other other than that if you go and you grade his game it wasn't it wasn't that bad if he did, if that play doesn't exist it's a, yeah. then it's a her, heroic warrior like effort and it still is and to it, be fair it is. it is now here's the thing they only played michael stone 5 minutes and they played him 1924 there's lots of room to move those guys closer together you don't have to play 1924 of Tanev or he's out. There's middle ground there. What does he look like at 15 minutes? Do you take him off a penalty kill if you feel like a lost battle in front, something that could happen again? Or do you love him in that spot? It was a one-off. Like You can use less than 19 minutes of him, and you can certainly give more than 502 to Michael Stone, who looked really good in that sort of 10 to 12-minute hole against Dallas. Like there's, 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 it, it doesn't have to be one end of the spectrum or the other. Is he out or is he in? Like, well, he can still be in. You can play him a little less. No, fair enough. But I just know that'll be a talking point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think you stick with seven and you lower his minutes is what I'm saying. Yeah. You got matchups at home. You don't have to let him see certain players if you don't want them to. Whether that's someone on a four check or whether that's someone that is going to get you into your end or own end more like the McDavid line. I mean, you get to pick who he plays against. In game five, I expect he'll be in. Yeah, I would. I would probably, if I was placing a bet, bet on him being in. Now, who knows? Did he? Did he? T- it, was yeah, it a I setback mean, it, with Hyman? He looked like he missed a shift after that. I don't know. He was laboring. Ooh, that was the, that was the roughest he looked all night. Was after yeah. that incidental collision. Yeah, he was laboring for sure. You've got the tale of two teams. On the one side, you've got some guys playing the best hockey maybe of their careers. I mean, Hyman is. Looking great. Looking great. The numbers with him and the Leafs, so he was one of many, but guys that disappeared, he has been a performer for the Oilers here. 
Yeah, and to be fair for the Leafs, like he was a good player there. They couldn't afford the contract the Oilers did. And was it working in year one? You're damn right. Well, it better. It's a seven-year deal. It better work in year one. But he he goes about his business the right way. He does. But no one's ever wondered about how he's going to look this year. He's looked like the guy last year that was great in Toronto. It's what's he going to look like when he's 34, 35, 36. That, that, well, I'm, issue, I'm not. Right? What I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is he was knocked as a guy that couldn't do it in the playoffs in Toronto. Well, His numbers I mean, I were never really bought that, deplorable sure. in the in the postseason for the Leafs. Were they? But aren't they? Isn't isn't that just like a team wide? Well, yeah, stat? It's, but it, it, I mean, it's part of it. But at some point, if if w- someone wants to grab a hold of the reins, I think he was playing some some minutes there with Matthews and Marner and getting in on power play time as well. Uh, Kane is at, you, you can't do much more. Only two guys have had more goals through 11 games in the playoffs than has Kane. Messier had 14, and Brett Hall had 13, both Hall of Famers. So you're having a his, near historic postseason goal scoring binge from Evander Kane. Dry side of last night, what was it? He's three helpers. First to have three or more points in four straight games. McDavid is doing what McDavid does. You have everybody, or everybody's pretty much where you want them or beyond for the Oilers. And it's the 180 for the Flames. Outside of maybe Backlund, he has been very good, but you need you need and should be getting more out of just about everybody. So you you saw it a bit last night. And like you said, where's where where do you point? Where's the all you can do is control yourself, but just you hope that the Oilers, the these the performances cool off a little bit and you start coming around and you chip away. Is it crazy to think you win at home? No, it's not. You've been, until now, a really good road team this regular season. You were tied for the second-best road record in the NHL. You're one and four on the road so far through a round and a half. Shot attempts were 76-42, I think I'm seeing here. Like, that's it wasn't close. Possession, Calgary was great. But the problem is you were down 3 nothing, and that's a huge uphill climb. The errors they made were at awful times. Really bad time for a bad penalty for Tyler Foley. Awful time for a puck play like that from Markstrom, albeit with a weird bounce off the end wall. Bad time for a double minor. Totally. You're a goal well, away in the I third. Mean, you're already behind it in terms of your probability of coming back there is pretty slim with the clock. But yeah, it certainly you takes you, it from right? small to zero. You can pull your goalie. Maybe you get something. But when you're now down yeah, four, it hurts. With under four on the clock, it hurts. But I mean, just to get back to even terms, you'd beaten the odds. You should not be able to come back on a playoff caliber team from 3 0 with any sort of ease or regularity. That was the outlier last night. You fall down 3 nothing again. I'm not betting you're coming back. No matter which team falls behind, do you, uh, do you think it was a little bit to do with like the the Oilers almost tried to go into a little bit of a defensive shell last night? Like they looked like they were attempting to protect the lead. Like they didn't, they weren't, they weren't behind, they weren't pushing it. They were, and I thought I thought that might bite them a little bit. Well, it did they tied the game right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought it, but it ultimately didn't. It 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 was it was questionable and. Because the like the, the the flames didn't overwhelm them, but I just think that I think that uh, Edmonton was just trying to close it out quietly by by relying on defense, and that generally doesn't work. So I I didn't mind that from a from a Flames perspective, Flames fan perspective. Um, it's it was kind of unusual actually. Like I expected Edmonton just to kind of keep pressing, try to score a few more goals, and you know give credit to the Flames. I wonder how much of that is Jay Woodcroft. That's kind of the new, kind of a new mentality where maybe the Oilers a year ago, two years ago, let's keep scoring. Let's run things up. 
where you saw in game three, we got four. That's plenty. I think it's human nature. We don't need more than that's just let's dial this in and play defense first and try and win this thing. And when we say it bit them yesterday, now the two goals in 36 seconds, that's one's a power play goal and one's a great individual effort. And it happened in the second period. I don't know that they were sitting on that lead that early. Then you get you don't ever expect to give up the goal that you did on Mike Smith in Mm -hmm. the third. But I do think that there would have been. I, there, there just has to be more attention being paid to protecting a lead as opposed to extending a lead. Well, there's just more urgency when you're down three, isn't there? Who's the more urgent team when it was 5-1 at the Dome in game one? Who was the more urgent team when it was 6-2? Yeah. Who was the more urgent team when it was 3-1 Calgary? Who was the more urgent team when it was 3-0 Edmonton? Like, this is a game played by humans, not robots. You're, whether you're trying or to or not, you're not as engaged when you're up 3-0 as you are when it's 1-1, right? It's just human nature. Or your engagement's just obviously at the opposite end of the rink. Which, it, if, it, if it actually was, you wouldn't be giving up what you give up. But yeah, you just, you're not making an extra play to create offense because you're like, no, no, I'll just get off. Like, like just keep, keep the clock running. This is score effects. This is exactly why people that work with data in this sport throw away a lot of stuff when teams are up by three because it's not an accurate representation of gameplay. What you see at 3 nothing is not what you see at 1-1 in most games. What are we seeing with Jacob Markstrom? It's the fascinating question. Because coming into the series, there was the math and the numbers. His goals against the save percentage against the rest of the league and what is against the Oilers. And then that got worse with game one and then with game two. It's now, a, what, a 5.28 goals against and an 8.50 save percentage this round. That's, I mean, it's night and day. Let in 11 goals in seven games last round. It's already 19 and four games here. Yes, different offensive capabilities with the Oilers, but the play in that net, we talked to Frank Cervelli, what, yesterday, where you look at some of the goals, well, there's a breakdown, and that's a good scoring chance. The goals that Kane was scoring. Odd man rushes. Backdoor, yeah. backdoor tap-ins. He's in alone, in behind the D. But at some point, the numbers when they're this gaudy, they are what they are. Six goals, five goals, four goals. That's just, we're just not used to seeing that. And it wasn't there a round ago, but it showed up almost immediately on game one. And there's there's little question marks there, like a couple of the goals last night, the winning goal and the power play goal. Like Those are pucks that when when it's going your way as a goaltender or you're on top of things, I, I they like those rebounds don't just lay there they don't kind of squeak through you off mm-hmm. you and okay. sit there like if you look at okay. if you refer to round one and you look at ottinger every rebound was being kicked out past the yep the flames players That's that were really dialed in you're getting bounces and you're feeling it and everything's and, going the right way and you yeah you just know how to redirect shots that are, are taken on you so yeah it's it's not great i mean game three you look at the odd numbered rushes and just the way that his defenders his defensemen essentially played a lot of those rushes like they didn't give him a great chance to make to make a save on a lot of those plays so it's a little bit of both but obviously with the amount of goals that have gone in in the first few games you get in a situation like last night and I don't know how you could be extremely confident if you're Jacob Markstrom like you try to rely on they're they're professionals and Mm. you're you try to you try to put stuff behind you you try to clear your mind of, of past performances and just get to work on the game there. But 
I obviously know nothing about goaltending and playing the position, but it's when they're feeling it, it's different. When when goalies are dialed in, they you just there's a confidence about them, and maybe a little bit of deterioration in that confidence. Right. So, now. so how do you get there? What happened? That's what we don't know. We don't know if he's fatigued or not. We have no idea. You can speculate. You don't know. You don't know if he's playing through injury or not. You know that he's a guy that wants to go no matter what and is more than willing to play through issues to the point where Vancouver had to remove him from Vegas in the bubble in that series and go to Demko because he, he kept saying, I have to play, I have to play. Well, dude, you're now hurting the team because you're not 100% and you're demanding to play here. We're going to Demko. But we don't know those things. We can only speculate. Like yeah. Unless you're Jordan Sigalette, Jason LaBarbera, Daryl Sutter, Jacob Markstrom, you do not know whether he's tired, playing through injury, lack of confidence. Like We just don't know. It would help explain stuff, but they're not going to tell us, oh, he's actually fatigued and he's played too much. Or no, 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 he's feeling fresh as a daisy. They're in between his ears. Like, or it's just bad luck. We don't know any, we don't know. I don't think I don't think you can ever use fatigue might be there, but when you're playing and you get to this point of your season, and I know he played the bulk of the games, but we've seen goaltenders do it before. And we've seen goaltenders over the course of history do it and be great at it. Like that, <laughs> Vasilevsky that played was, more there, than anybody this year. There was no such thing as a backup goaltender, you know, back in the day. You had a starter and you had a guy that you just needed to put in when times were real desperate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's goaltending tandems now, but no, uh, you can't use that as an excuse. Not at all. I don't think, I think the lack of structure by the Flames in this series is something that's probably causing some serious grief. Though, like he's that's he's, more he's, tangible, right? We actually a, know he's that. seen an extremely structured team this year, and he's he's seen seen opportunities like like I just said last game. The outnumbered, the odd man rushes, defensemen either take the shot away so he knows that the that a pass is coming, or take the pass away, give the shooter to the goalie. I think you stand a better chance, and I think at least he makes a save on one or two of those things. And so I think that's maybe chipped away at him a little bit uh, as, as far as confidence. And he, and then you've got to give credit to the offense on the other end. Like, even last night, McDavid, when he gets the puck in zone and he starts skating around and it's on the power play, no one knows what to do. And you get so focused on him that he opens up everybody yep, else. Like it's, totally. To have the wherewithal as a defender to look away from Connor McDavid and have some level of trust in like the guy that's closest to him to do the job on him, which <laughs> I mean, luck. you've, you've seen him beat guys. He beat Hannafin almost back to the net in the first period because, and yeah. you know that he's going to try and beat you, but you still can't defend him. Like, it's like, God, you got to know that. So maybe stay a step <laughs> off of him, but yeah. yet you give him space and that's dangerous. So, I mean, like even the save that Markstrom makes on dry and I'm rambling here. Like that, that for McDavid to find that seam and, and the pass is a wobbler too that lands flat and Drysdale gets some good wood on it. Like good players create opportunities and he's just on another level. And I think that's obviously those three players, Kane, Drysdale, McDavid, have had a huge impact on this series. It's got to be a helpless feeling trying to defend that guy. Like it's okay. I'm gonna race a car that's got better tires, a better engine, and has better brakes than me. He can go around me. He can hit the brakes and lose me. He can turn better than I can. Like it has to be a five man unit. And if he gets two points and that's it, you might call it a win. Well, that was the thing. Uh, Flames did a pretty good job against McDavid. What did you? Oh, still two points. Yeah, and that and they did relative to games three and two. Yes. He wasn't running around quite to the degree he was, but there were still stretches where he did. And yeah, you give him the power play. He's 
And on the Markstrom front, for the conversation at the first intermission on social media, do you go to Vladar? We've seen them do that after 40 a few times this year. Vladar's come in and they've swung games that look like losses into wins. Give Markstrom credit for essentially barring the door at that point. Very, very good after the opening 20, but you can't ignore that it's a bad play with some bad luck out of the gates that puts you on your heels. I mean, it's it's such a mixed bag, right? Great in the final 40, rough in the opening 20. Why don't we do this thing? Hey, GVP, you want to do that thing? Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby! Do you want to sit lower bowl at the Saddle Dome to see your Calgary Flames? Here's your Flames playoff code word. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. 960-960. That's your code word for the day. Text it in. There will be one more code word tomorrow. Our promotion staff will go in. They'll sift through the correct answers. And one of you, somebody, will be winning lower bowl tickets to game uh, number whatever it is. Coming Five, up yeah. tomorrow at the, uh, at the Dome. That'll be, uh, that'll be, that's how that's going to go. Maybe. Uh, Tommy Wheeldon Jr. will join us when we come back. Your text with what you want to talk about and still more to come. Flames talk after 9 o'clock. David Amber going to join Ryan Ooh. and Corey uh, for uh, get his perspective. He's there, hanging with Kelly Rudy up in the uh, the expensive seats there. Great spot for David. Nice Andrew. perch. Atta boy. Sports at 960, the fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Now, I, I had the question earlier, and you didn't have a very good answer for me, Pinder. I defer to you when it comes to stuff like this. Maybe our next guest well, can help. Is it about the wave? What are we talking about No, here? it's uh, there's a big, big footy match tonight down at uh, Spruce Meadows at Cofield. Uh, it's Cavalry FC versus the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yep. Now, Tommy Wilden Jr. joins us. Tommy, can you confirm or deny, do, Vancouver, do they indeed wear white caps while they play? Uh... <laughs> it's like the swimming ones, right? Like the bathing cap? Yeah, I would think. Kind of like a synchronized kind of deal. <laughs> Helps with the headers. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to leave this one open and uh, not be able to wow. confirm or deny it because I don't know if they don't. Well, they didn't in 2019, and they lost, so maybe they do tonight. Cut down on wind drag, you know? Yeah, 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 perhaps. More, more perhaps aerodynamic. Is working on, yeah. So let, let's talk about this. Obviously, it's a big deal, I think, for local soccer fans. Yeah. In comes yeah. the Vancouver Whitecaps. Do you try and play this up to your players as an opportunity to really stand out against the team from, you know, from a, from a different league, or do you downplay it and say, this, who cares who these guys are? We can, we're better than these guys. They've lost before, and we're going to do it again. I think this is a great situation because, I mean, I think we realized this in 2019 where we had nothing to lose and everything to gain. I, I feel the same. You know, the MLS is a more established league. You know, we know that. Um, you know, the salary caps dwarf us. We know that. Um, and Vancouver Whitecaps have been in this country doing you know great things on the soccer landscape for many years. So to have their club come into our city in our house is yeah, I don't think I need to really hype the players up. They feel the same way. They've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. And I think because we've beaten them before, just gives us that belief we have the opportunity to be able to do it again. Um, and that's not to say that. We don't think it's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a very hard game because they have quality um, on their team. You know, when you've got Lucas Cavallini, that's probably three times our player's salary that plays the Canadian men's national team or Ryan Gold, we know they're, they're good players. But we also know we like to rise to these moments. And um, that's a great opportunity for our players, our fans, our ownership, everyone, really. 
I think it's the best part about this sport. Other sports don't do it mm. this well, where no matter mm. what level you're in, you can challenge up, so to speak, and say, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, Cavallini makes $1.3 That's probably more than your whole team ta- payroll. Yeah. Uh, yep. You guys beat that club in, ni- in 2019 in two legs, not a, in a one-off. Like, yeah, it's yeah. amazing with soccer that this, this goes down. Yeah, I mean, and that was the difference. In 2019, this was when the Canadian Championship was a two-legged affair, home and away, and with the away goals rule. And, you know, when they came to Spruce Meadows last time, I think nil-nil, everybody thought, oh, wow, great that they didn't get beat to Whitecaps. And then we went to their house and, and beat them 2-1. I think that's what makes it, you know, so poignant for the history books, especially in our inaugural year. Nobody knew what the standard of the CPL could or would be. And I think from there, you've only seen it grow, whether it's Forge and CONCAF or Pacific doing the same thing to Whitecaps last year. You know, I watched Halifax and Toronto last night and, you know, Toronto had to make changes at half because it was a tied game and, you know, it was going into penalty kicks until Osorio scored in the 87th minute and credit to Halifax. You can sense that the Canadian Premier League is getting better and the players and the staff and the fans are believing that. And it can only mean good things for John Herdman and his national team. So these are huge for CPL teams to be able to go up a weight class and take a swing at mm-hmm. a, a more established brand. Like to your point, the Whitecaps for decades have existed, yeah. whether it's MLS or other leagues. Uh, what does it mean to the other side? Like, you know, the TFC made some changes at half. It's like, okay, we probably didn't want to use some of these guys, but we've got to, to move on. I, I think there's good reason these are being played in CPL venues, not, you know, nearly empty MLS venues. Is, is, is an MLS fan starting to notice? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, even Bob Bradley's comments after the game against Halifax were, were very complimentary on Halifax, the league, Stephen Hart. And, and I know tonight, you know, I've even heard it, you know, Vanny after they, you know, the coach of the Whitecaps, after they lost to Charlotte, was, you know, giving them the pep talk on the pitch as he does and so enthusiastically. And he said, we've got our biggest game of the season coming up on Wednesday. This game prepares us for that. And I thought, well, you know, I reflected as a coach and general manager that's been at this club for four years and going to be—I mean, it's flattering to be, to be their biggest game of the season. I mean, that just shows great for what our ownership, our fans, our players, staff have, have all pitched in to make us their biggest game of the 2022 season. So, tactically, what are you looking to do? Are, are you okay to you know try to trade chances? Do you want to park the bus, or do you commit to the style that's got you success at the CPL level? I think we just play our way, you know, and uh, there's always in-game adjustments that if it's not working, we've always got a plan B or C up our sleeve. But we've also got, you know, you know, we, we've got to do like we do with every game. We look at their team and go, okay, how could they hurt us, right? How do we nullify it? Great. There's that for the defensive side. What flaws they have? Where do they not like passing? Where do they not like playing out? Okay, well, then maybe we do our pressing traps and triggers there or, you know, can we get this player in a 1v1 situation against that player and how do we get that? So, that's what we do. We, put, we do the same with every game. And I think the added incentive is is it's at home with our crowd um, on our side. And uh, we go into this with a bit of confidence. You know, we're five, five games unbeaten and now we get this opportunity. So, you know, and, and we also know that Whitecaps haven't been as good on the road. And that's not to downplay them, but it's, it's true. So we've got to use that as another advantage. What's worked well for you of late? You noted uh, four wins in five games. Yeah, um, I think the players are doing well. I mean, it's it's one of them that we struggle with some significant injuries, as you know, but I think we've got that next man up scenario and you've seen that with Elijah Adekubi scoring the winner. You know, Dan Klomp getting that equaliser at Halifax. Ali Moosey, Joe Mason, Maya Bevan, you know, and having Marco Carducci back and, you know, Mason Trafford. 
Uh, Elliot Simmons is one of those unsung heroes that works both sides of the balls. And, you know, Bradley Fleet, another one that I think we brought in at the right time, the Dutch left back. I just think everybody's doing their job. And you know, when that happens, you just have to give them a little nudge or a pat on the back ear or continue to encourage a certain aspect of the game. And, you know, and I, I've been really pleased with them. And this is their reward for, for all the work they've done so far to, to put themselves out there. Seven o'clock. Uh, what time are you going to score goals? Are you going to wait to the eighty-fifth minute again, or how's that going to go? <laughs> well, it's been two ways at home, isn't it? Yeah, you either don't arrive too late because you missed the goal against Pacific, and don't leave too early. You missed the goal against uh, uh, Valor. So I think we've got the ability to score in any way this game form. So um, let's just hope we score goals. There you go. Plan accordingly, right? And just get Plan there for the whole thing. Yeah. That's right. Good Come job. early, leave late. Good luck That's tonight, it. buddy. Go get it. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. You bet. Tommy Wilden Jr., Cavalry FC, Vancouver Whitecaps, at Cofield tonight. Winner goes to the Final Four of the Canadian Championship. Patrick Dumas signing 8x10 glossies. Uh, he, of course, will be there. Now, are you with the Ultras, or were you with uh, the Foot Soldiers? Where are you sitting? No, need your mic uh, there. Yeah. Uh, that could be a challenge. Uh, why don't we... Uh, oh, it's, a shame. it's okay. Um, time for what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Now, do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Text Andy. Uh, is anyone else majorly underwhelmed by this series? Was hoping for a memorable series of a lifetime, and it has been everything but. Mm. Must be how Panthers fans are feeling after watching a completely different team than they did all Yeah, I think that's right. It's It's been very memorable for the wrong reasons if you're a Flames fan. I think it's in the eye of the beholder. I'm sure Oilers fans think this has been a tremendous series. It's been very entertaining. They're quite fine with it. You tell me you're going to forget that goal on Smith last night? You're telling me you're going to forget that 9-6 circus tent game? Plenty of memorable moments. And my... Uh, that was your request. You wanted moments, you've got them, Dean. I hope us, you're happy. Give us, give us a few more. Big moment in game five would be all right. Oh, that, that goal on Smith could have been a whole lot more memorable. That's true. Yes. Oh, would we have been talking about it? Oh. I was bracing myself. Because I'm like, if they now... Now, if the Flames win... I may just sit outside and let Pinder go off for three, four hours just by himself on Smitty. Unfortunately, that's not how I'm been making myself another drink, getting ready for overtime. Yeah, there was a little, uh, okay, who's in for the old, uh, who's going to score an overtime game? Oh. Ouch. Hurts. Boys, why aren't we talking about the lack of physicality? No battle of Alberta. It's a pillow fight. What happened to being hard to play against? Temperature. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta get in on a four check. You gotta have some speed, and it feels like the speed has been lacking in a lot of what the Flames are doing right now. They look like the slower team, and Zutter's talked. It's not about skating fast; it's about playing fast, puck movement, all of that. But I think I mean, there's been a few times where the Flames get the puck and out they come with Coleman or whatever. Feels very methodical marching into the offensive zone t- sometimes. Yeah, but and as far as the physical play, like that's that's just to a man. You can go out and find it. There, there's the odd game where it doesn't present itself. Like if 
I mean, when you're hemmed in your own end, but like I said, there were opportunities last night to lay licks on guys and you don't do it. It's, it's, it's not an investment in what you're, where you're trying to get. So you got to go and you, you got to do that. And to Robin Regeer's point earlier, I don't know if, when you put pucks in, you got to put them in places where you, to get them back. Mm-hmm. There were some shoddy dumps and some attempts where like, you're just giving the puck to the other team to break it out and come back at you. Yeah, I know, I know Mike Smith that. is in net, but like, that's why there's panes of glass back there. If you can mm-hmm. get them off of that, you just have to make it more difficult in general. And I agree. Like, I don't know. I, I, I always enjoy the first round of the playoffs because people come out and everyone's railroading each other and it tends to go away in the second round. But I thought in this series, just like the listener, that it would be way more gritty. And especially when you would think it would, would have been at the top of the list or near the top of things within the Flames game that they would want to accomplish. Do not get away from our forecheck and being physical. That's the one edge that we have. And it's not about scrapping, but you saw it in game one. It felt like there was a tone set. And it's been been nearly non-existent since. The, 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 the better you play, the more opportunity there'll be for physicality. If you think about how the Flames won in the regular season, get in the offensive zone, work it around, tire out their group, get line changes, work the walls. Like If you want physicality, own the puck. Yeah. Hold it in their end, get them tired, drill them and keep changing. No, easy, easy to say that. And they didn't. They've score- been getting out of their own zone real quick. They didn't score a lot of goals against Dallas, but the games where the Flames had more success, and it took them sometimes the whole game to get the goal that they needed, was when they built. You know, it was it was, it was built throughout the whole game. It was built on cycles. It was built on wearing those defensemen down, making forwards play in their own end, one shift to the next, right? and they did a great job of it. And this is a much more a much tougher task. To hem these guys in, but I think it can still be done, and it needs to be. Uh, this one here. I've also had some shoddy dumps in my day. Hmm. I'll look up shoddy, see what that means. Uh, I'm curious to hear what GVP thinks about the series so far. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's the goal, to GVP himself. What do you think, GVP, of the series so far? For some hot takes. Oh, it's been pretty odd. Game one was... Pretty unusual, I'd say. Super high scoring. But mm-hmm. I think the Flames just, we're in a tough spot right now. And, um, you know, I j- if we just stick to the game plan, and like we said earlier, like we said all the time on this show, in Daryl we trust. The there Flames trust in Daryl. Yep. I think we'll be fine. Daryl's in great spirits. Now. I don't think he's anywhere. You know, it feels like GVP sounds a lot like Corey Sarich. A bit of that vibe. You know, very kind of soft-spoken. Kind. Very thought out. Don't thoughtful, ruffle any feathers. Thoughtful speaker. Stick to the game plan. Defense first. No, I, I've had great faith in this team all year. <laughs> I yes, they won you they, over they, only to break your heart. In they've, game they've, four. They've earned it. They really have. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna abandon it. Yeah, there's there's no postmortems when you're still alive. No. So this isn't the time to do that. They got a lot of work to do. Set the stage for some excitement. Paying plus 400 for the Flames to win the series. 600, I'd take a look. 
Watching last night's game, it looked like whoever got the puck was instantly passing it. It's like no one wants the puck. They're rushing into bad passes and creating turnovers. Am I off on that? I see it a lot with McDavid out there. If, if McDavid is chasing, it's just get it up. I cannot be stripped. Have a t- just move it quick. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in a horrible area just to get rid of it. And, yeah. And you think you'd want to do the opposite. Really protect it. Really make good, strong, sound plays when he's out there. But it's, it, it's a factor. Uh, beep, 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 beep. Who the hell is GVP? Listen, you're going to know soon enough. This town is going to belong to GVP. He's going to be the man. Didn't really notice Lucic at all last night. It's the, th- it's the ups and downs of, of a playoff. When you get through a few games, you're just, hey, the guy's great. Well, where's it? Where you been? You disappeared. Oh, there you are. There you are. Generally, how that goes. But no question. Uh, after game one, you thought this was going to be. We wait for the playoffs, and these guys—they are the playoff performers. And it's been. Okay, I'm guessing he might be the one to tell you. Been a couple tough couple games. Uh, it's not not easy to ice time that all factors in yeah yeah. rhythm i wonder if i wonder if the forwards i wonder what their take on the seven seven d one less forward i wonder how i wonder if it i think brett Ritchie hates it (laughs) good team guy though i don't think he's complaining yeah I think he probably is sour about it. But Ryan Carpenter really hates it. Yeah, he that's totally that's hates it. On board. This is BS. <laughs> With Tanev's not right, you'd need that. I'm sorry. You just do. You like you I, I would ask you, I think your answer would be playing with five is harder than playing with seven. Oh, I'd rather play with five. Really? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So you lose Tanev in the first period and you're thinking, okay, don't worry. We're, we got McDavid now and we've got two and a half pairs. Well, if if he's if we're worried about him, does that answer our question then ultimately? Should he even be out there? That, that's a, You know what? That's a great debate, and we haven't like, really let it rage. I mean, I think uh, there's, there's validity on both sides of that argument. Validity. I think he played a good game, but you can't just say, we'll, oh, we'll look past a play he usually makes if he's healthy that ends up in your net because that second goal is a huge one. You now that the hole's deeper. And not to say that it doesn't go in regardless, whoever's standing there, but it's just, it's that question. And that's what you have to, you have to trust the individual that when they're, they're saying that they're ready, that they go out there. I know that refer back to John Tortorella. He didn't want guys from our trainer. He's like, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me a percentage. Don't come here and say he's like 89% ready to go. He's like, he's either a hundred or he's not. It's binary. You're in or you're out. It's like, you go out there. There's no excuses. That's it. No. So you uh, you go out there and you screw up and you're injured. Tough, tough luck, because you shouldn't. You shouldn't. If you can't be out there and doing your job, then don't be out there. And no. it was it was between the trainer and the player to make that decision. You can use them less than nine nineteen and a half minutes too. That's the other thing. Stone only played five, so I, I like the idea of seven and ten of staying in because if he ain't right and it's not working, you've got options. You don't have to put yourself down at two and a half pairs. And honestly, when they've gone 11 forwards, it really hasn't hurt the forward group. 
If you see a little bit less of Lucic right now, that's not a problem for me. If someone else is not moving their feet, they can sit too. Roll three lines. Final text here. Uh, this one can't blame Mike Smith on that last goal. It's a one timer from the top of the circle. It's true. It's true. It's quite <laughs> dangerous. Anderson let it rip, just like against Ottinger last round, right? Just blasted it from the top of the circles and beat him clean. And to be fair, like get out of the lane. Stop screening your goalie, guys. 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 Fellas. Get out of the way. That's what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. You can operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Tomorrow live from Pritis Greens, the Flames alumni Masters Golf Tournament. I'm going to bike there. What should I leave? Midnight? Are you really? Yeah, now. Okay. I guess I'll, I'll have to do this. Just, no, it's a GVP got the nine. There We're you good. go. I had a yeah. GVP. So good. David Amber standing by. Flames Talk is next. See you tomorrow, buddies.